Welcome to the Knicks State of Mind podcast. You are listening to Elite Sports New York's New York Knicks podcast. I'm your host, Danny Small, alongside my co-host, Chip Murphy. Our third co-host, Matt Castillo, can't be here, but Chip and I are going to take you home with some talk about the, uh, the flurry of new coaching candidates that have come into the Knicks. Uh, we'll get into a little bit of those kind of little more unknown names now we're seeing, um, people you might not know so much about. Um, so we'll start with that, and then we'll probably end up riffing on some of the uh, current events going on with the NBA, playing in Florida, the bubble in Orlando, and uh, I'm sure we'll have some strong opinions on that later. Uh, but first of all, Chip, you're in Nantucket on vacation right now. Yeah. How are you living? Looks pretty good. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, I apologize if my uh, voice doesn't come through, because like an idiot, I forgot my mic. <laughs> at home but uh yeah it's it's good man travel I was telling you traveling over here on the ferry was an experience man just everybody with their masks on it was it was weird because I've made that ferry trip before and it's totally normal but uh like I guess they sold like 60 percent capacity tickets and it's still more crowded than I thought but they don't let you on without a mask and there was one guy who came on with like a, a fucking gas a gas mask? He looked like Bane. It was <laughs> it was really funny. Everything it took not to laugh at that guy, but uh, yeah, it, it was just surreal that experience. And then getting here is so nice. It's so fun here. My aunt has a really nice house, so I'm lucky for that. But yeah, uh, we played golf today, me and my dad, and that was nice. Uh, it, it's just cool here. My I'm here with my family. My family likes it here too. Uh, obviously, it's too cold to like swim here right now. It's only mm-hmm. it's like it's a lot colder here. It's like 63 degrees here right now. We're recording this at 8:20 at night, but it was about mid 70s earlier today. But it's it's funny because when you're like traveling over here, it gets a lot colder. But uh, it's I don't know, man. It's fun. It's really cool here. Uh, it's totally different. Like. You get here and there's no like mainstream like or whatever you want to call it like places they don't they don't operate like the rest of the country here mm-hmm. it's totally separate like they have a stop and shop but uh the stop and shop logo isn't on the stop and shop it's like a regular sign that just says stop and shop <laughs> like it's there's no like fast food places there's no it's all like mom and pop places mm-hmm. it's really kind of cool and i don't know and if you follow Barstool Sports, obviously, you know what Nantucket is because Dave Portnoy goes to Nantucket all the time. Mm. But it's, I don't know, it's its cool, man. I, I've i been coming here since I was a kid because my dad came here when he was a kid. But I haven't been here in a while, and it's its good to be back. So uh, I like it. Yeah, And I i think everybody needs a vacation right now. So its it's interesting traveling during this. But, uh, yeah, it was cool. Yeah, no, it looks it looks like you're living the dream over there. So I'm <laughs> I'm, I'm definitely jealous. Uh, but yeah, let's let's dive into some of this. Uh, the I guess the new coaching candidates are out there uh, because you know we've known Tom Thibodeau for a while has been the favorite. Uh, I think probably still is at this point. 
but he's one of the guys who's been in since the beginning. You know, once Kenny Atkinson was let go from the Brooklyn Nets uh, or mutually parted ways, I guess, to be more, you know, uh, accurate. But since he's been gone from the Nets, his name is floated around. Mike Woodson is a guy, a uh, familiar guy. And then Mike Miller, the obviously the interim coach right now. So those four guys for a while were the only four. And to be honest with you, it might have looked like they might have pulled the trigger on one of those guys at one point. But now we're seeing Ian Begley of SNY. He reported that the Knicks were going to be looking into about eight to ten candidates. Uh, and kind of, you know, right as that news is coming out, basically a bunch of names that I'd say probably the average Knicks fan doesn't know a ton about. Um, so some of those new guys we had, uh, Ime Udoka, and I'm probably mispronouncing his name, I'm sorry. Ime Udoka. Ime Udoka, right? Ime Udoka. Okay, all right, good. I, I got that. But it's Ime Udoka. Um, there's Will Hardy. Uh, he was a Spurs assistant, uh, Magic assistant, Pat Delaney. Um, Ime Udoka, and just let me throw that out there. He's a Philly, a Philly assistant now, uh, but he, he was with San Antonio before. Yeah. Um, and then Jamal Mosley, who is a guy – that interviewed for the Cavs job that John Beeline got, um, and he's a current Dallas Mavs assistant coach. Um, apparently has a close relationship with Luka Doncic. Read into that whatever you want. Um, and then I think Becky Hammond. Read into it a lot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> read into that one a lot. Um, but, yeah, then you have, of course, Becky Hammond. Her name's been thrown around. I don't know if she's been – if there's been reports that she's getting an interview necessarily – but um, she's a name that's definitely been in the mix a little bit um, and could be, you know, could get an interview, I think, for sure. Um, and then I know Jason Kidd, maybe his name has been thrown around a little bit too, um, but I don't know how serious that is. Uh, and, yeah, I just kind of ran through and rambled through a list of those names. Um, but I guess I'll start with Ime Udoka a little bit, just kind of go into him a little bit. Because uh, he's actually one of the few guys here who I have done a little bit of research into. Um, I know some Philly people who have mentioned some things about him. Um, he's a defensive guy first, I think. Uh, obviously, that bodes well, you know, Philly, considering they're one of the better defensive units in the league right now. Um, so, I mean, if the Knicks are looking for, you know, a defensive guy who maybe isn't Tom Thibodeau, maybe he's a younger guy, uh, maybe Udoka can kind of fit that role. Uh, and then Pat Delaney is another guy I kind of looked into. Long-time Heat video intern, rise all the way to advanced scout. Um, then he kind of did some assistant coaching around the league at that point, went with Steve Clifford to the Charlotte Hornets, then went for, to the Magic, and he's been there uh, basically with Steve Clifford for a few years now. Um, so those are two guys who are just kind of, uh, you know, long-time assistants who you might not know their names necessarily, but two guys who are probably up-and-coming coaches eventually um and maybe maybe the Knicks will pounce on one of them and it'll be a, the right move uh but I think I don't know I, I it would be it, I would I would be lying to you if I if I could give either guy you know a full ringing endorsement of all oh, the Knicks should definitely hire these guys uh, I think we're all getting to know them uh yeah and uh, anything to add there Chip I'm not really giving you a good segue here no uh, there's yeah, there's not a lot to say. I don't think we don't know too much about them, but Udoka uh, has interviewed for like a bunch of other mm -hmm. head coaching jobs, and I think Delaney already interviewed for the Knicks. Right, he interviewed in 2018. I think. Uh, I, I, think I 
was that for the was that for the head coaching job or was that for to like be on Fisdale's staff? Oh, maybe it was to be on Fisdale's staff. I'm not. But he, I know he has a relationship with Fisdale, right? Oh no, with Miami. Yeah, I'm thinking uh, Udoka was the one who got the the. uh, Udo, yeah, Udoka got a interview to be on Fisdale's staff. I'm not sure about Delaney, Uh, but yeah, no, you're right. Delaney's a guy whose name has come up. You know, I'd say probably a two or three, you know, head coaching gigs, you know, per year kind of thing where you'll see his name pop up like this. I'm not sure how serious he's ever been uh, as a candidate, but I know I've heard his name in that context before. Yeah, Udoka, Delaney, and Mosley I've actually heard of before. I've never mm-hmm. heard of Chris Fleming or Will Hardy before. And Berman actually wrote that uh, Pete – or no, not Berman. Bagley wrote that there's – some people in the coaching community who see Hardy as the most likely internal candidate to replace Popovich. Hmm. So more than Hammond, I guess, but, uh, and apparently Udoka left and went to the Sixers partially because he thinks that pop, I guess is going to stay for a while. And he didn't think he was going to get the job, but yeah, like you said, he ran a good Sixers defense this year and he's obviously Udoka Delaney and like from their descriptions are like hot candidates and are probably going to get head coaching jobs at some point. Uh, Udoka and Delaney specifically, because we've heard their names come up mm-hmm. and mostly I like, he was brought up today. Uh, Berman said he was, he's the cat. He's Car- uh, Carlisle's guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, like Carlisle listens to him a lot. He was an assistant with USA basketball. Uh, Berman wrote that he was an analytics guy. Uh, and also he was with Brock Aller. Uh, Ailer mm-hmm. or whatever I, I always forget which one it is in uh, Cleveland so he has ties there and I think I tweeted out that uh, I think it's a good sign that Rose is bringing him in because that shows that he's listening to Brock like it's a really good sign but yeah I all those names are good Chris Fleming is with the Bulls and the Bulls stink mm-hmm. but he has a good reputation and he was with the Nets the previous three years and obviously Everybody thinks the world of Kenny. So, <laughs> and then he was with the Nuggets for a year, uh, Mike Malone. So all these guys come from good spots. You know, uh, Delaney in Miami and then Clifford. I know people are hot and cold on him sometimes, but he's a good defensive coach. Uh, yeah, this is, what, this is what you do. You uh, interview assistants from good programs. So, yeah, I like the names. I don't think any of them will get jobs. Maybe some of them will get jobs on Tibbs, Kenny, or Miller, Woodson staff. I mean, I could see that happening. Yeah, I think, you know, kind of in the beginning of this, you know, there was the four who kind of came out early, Woodson, Miller, Tibbs, and Atkinson. And I think me personally, I was saying any of those four guys I think would be a, a solid move by the Knicks. You know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't hammer him for any of those moves. Like I can understand all of them. And I almost was resigned to the fact that it was going to be one of those four guys, but you do, you do like to see them kind of, you know, scraping the, no, I don't want to say scraping the bottom of the barrel, but you know, really doing a thorough search. I mean, because first of all, there are no other teams I think right now are searching for a head coach, maybe the bulls, but I mean, technically Boylan is still, 
the head coach there. So there could be a change there, but no one's actively searching for a head coach. So I don't think the Knicks are, you know, in any position where they have to rush to figure out who the next guy is. I mean, we don't even know when the 2021 season is going to be happening anyway. So there's a lot of time that the Knicks have, you know, just they, they don't have to worry so much. I mean, because there were some rumors about Tibbs being interested in the Rockets or, you know, different jobs like that. But all those teams, the Rockets, the Nets, these teams that might be looking for head coaches next year, they still have to go to Orlando. They still, you know, the Rockets could make the finals. Like the Rockets could win the, win the championship, you know, presumably. And D'Antoni might leave and might look for a new challenge. But at the same time, you never know. Uh, the Knicks right now, I think in terms of just the coaching search, I, I, I don't hate where they're at. Obviously, you don't want to have to be searching for a new head coach because that means something went horribly wrong. But where they are right now, I think I, you can be a little optimistic about it. Yeah. I, I prefer it if there were no Mark Jackson fans in the organization, but <laughs> that'd be nice. Yeah. But there's Mark Jackson and Jason Kidd fans in the organization, but I don't think either one of them is going to get the job. Yeah. So they, they seem no like, big deal. They seem like pretty, yeah. uh, pretty long shots. Yeah. I thought Mike Brown having people who like him too. I thought that was interesting. He's a, he'd be a good assistant. I mean, he did a, obviously did a good job in golden state. So. Yeah. I think, I think they got options there and I, my, I'm still riding the, uh, riding the wave of keep Mike Miller on as, you know, top lead assistant because I think his relationship with Mitch is pretty beneficial. I know RJ and him get along pretty well. Uh, Frank, you know, we saw kind of some of, some of those last games before, you know, the season shut down. Those were some of Nilakina's best games. I think, you know, the final Hawks game, uh, I think, yeah, I think it was the final Hawks game. He had like a double, double, that Rockets game where him and RJ outplayed Barrett and uh, him and RJ outplayed uh, Harden and Westbrook that Frank, Frank was starting to come along. I think, I think Miller would be a good stabilizing force to kind of keep in, keep in, in house. I think Miller, whether or not they keep Miller on is going to say something about what uh, Rose thinks of the young guys. Don't you mm -hmm. think? Yeah. Like if I, he, I would agree if, with that. Yeah. Because we saw the thing that Berman put out, that Rose doesn't think too much of Knox. Mm -hmm. You saw that about the Kentucky assistant that was talking up Knox. And I guess he, it said he wanted uh, to see the last few games of Knox to get a better opinion. Rose wanted to see mm -hmm. the games to get a better opinion of Knox. I just think it's so early to trade Knox and give up on Knox. And I, I, I wrote a couple things saying that Knox has been historically bad. I, mm -hmm. He's been awful, statistically. But wh when I wrote about him, I, I brought up the, uh, the scouting reports from when he was drafted. They all said he's a three-year project. And it's only, it hasn't even been a full two years. Like, come on. All of a sudden, we're forgetting that. We forget that when he was drafted, we said project. We said raw. And look, he hasn't lived up to any sort of top 10 pick potential, but we, we knew what we were getting, right? We were getting a raw player. So let's get someone who can actually develop him properly and not a coach who plays him at fucking shooting guard before we trade him. Come on. <laughs> like 
pumped. I know where I'm going off the coaching thing uh, slightly, but I just no, knocked, yeah, popped into really. my head, so I wanted to yeah. talk about it. That's how it works on this show. <laughs> yeah, Knox at shooting guard. It's, yeah. it's bound to come up once every three or four episodes. Yeah, yeah. Knox just uh, – it just uh, – it still bugs me that Fizdale did that. Like, uh, it's always – Fizdale's always going to bug me. It always is. I, yeah, and that's – honestly, I've been, I've been reflecting a lot on – the stuff I wrote and the stuff I said around when Fisdale was hired. Cause I mean, I don't think I was alone in this, but I was pretty optimistic that things were going to turn around. I was actually like thinking, you know, Fisdale, he, he had a really good year in Memphis. Things kind of unraveled that, but the Mike Conley injury was like out of his reach, things like that. And then, you know, coming from Miami, I think was a big thing for me being like, oh, because I just had this image of him as like Spolstra's lead assistant on those awesome, awesome Heat teams. And I guess, of course, if you have LeBron, D-Wade, and Bosh, you're going to have a great team no matter who your top assistant is. Uh, But I I really bought into that, you know, coming from a good, you know, good franchise. He's going to be, you know, he's going to be able to figure it out. I really bought into that. So I think whoever they get here, I'm not going to hammer him and say, oh, he's going to be terrible. But I got to kind of learn to like pump the brakes a little bit on being like, well, he's coming from, you know, the, you know, he's coming from the Spurs. So he's, you know, he's going to be able to turn him around and turn the, you know, the Knicks into the, this, you know, kind of every year playoff team type thing. I think I just, I have to pump the brakes. Uh, But again, I don't know. I'm kind of playing middleman Dan, like I always do, like, pump the brakes on one hand but on the other hand like i do like all the names that are in it like i don't know i'm 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 kind of in the middle as always i think the coach can only do so much with the certain roster i mean even kenny atkinson the great player development kenny atkinson player development was terrible his first (laughs) player development god kenny atkinson and i'm not i'm not mocking him to all the kenny people i'm not mocking him i actually like kenny but we but uh (laughs) <laughs> but he, he was terrible his first couple of years there in Brooklyn. Not he was terrible, but the team was terrible there. So, yeah, David Fisdale had a bad roster in New York, and his team was bad. In Memphis, he had a good roster. He had Mike Conley, Marcus Gasol. He, he had a loaded team. And, by the way, kind of underachieved, didn't do so well. If you if you look at some of the stats on those teams, the offense wasn't very impressive for a team that had Mike Conley mm-hmm. and Marcus Gasol. I know their offenses were never very good, but they brought him in to improve the offense. Yeah, they brought him in to kind of change the grit and grind a little bit. Yeah, and, and exactly. open it up. And I know probably that was part of the uh, the disconnect, you know, between him and Gasol and kind of how that all blew up. But at the same time if you're a coach and the players aren't buying in, you got to figure out a way to make them buy in. That's, you know, it's, it's, yeah. it's on you. It's That's incredible. It's incredible how he's escaped blame in, in Memphis. It was the GM's fault. It was Marcus Gasol's fault in New York. It was, I don't know. It was Rudder, Steve Rudderless, Mills fault. Rudderless, yeah. uh, rudderless roster. Was that, was that exactly. what it was called? Yeah. It, it was, God, he's just a blink. And by the way, if he's such a great coach, how come he hasn't been linked to any jobs? Is, it, the, does, is that buyout with the Knicks? Does he have to? Does he lose it if he if he gets a uh, a new gig? I, I, I guess I don't know. How, I, don't I don't know, know. how coach. I don't know how coaching contracts are. I just I know. I, he, I gotta know. He uh, blah. 
I said, I know he got a nice fat check from the Knicks after what, you know, not a uh, hundred, less than a hundred games. Not even. Yeah. The, but what's his name? Or maybe it doesn't work the same way as the NFL. Cause didn't, didn't Rex Ryan go coach the bills like five he minutes did, after yeah. the jets fired him. Yeah. But like maybe it's different. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not a, Luke, I'm not a coach. Luke Walton got guy. hired by the Kings a mm-hmm. day after the Lakers fired him. So I, I think he could go anywhere he wanted. But as much as the coaches love to talk him up, Fizdale, I mean, come on. Is anybody really knocking down his door to hire him? His stock's not, right not as high as Kenny's. His stock's not as high as Kenny's. Maybe if he gives it a while and lets the um, – I'm sure everybody's going to blame the Knicks for his stock being low, but come on. Yeah. He sucked. He was awful. Yeah, I mean, I'll always give him the benefit of the doubt to a certain degree just because, like, the roster just wasn't put together in a, in a smart way. And some right. of the young guys underachieved. But at the same time, they could have been a lot better. And I think we saw under Miller they got a lot yeah. better. If not, you know, if not, they, it wasn't that they turned into this amazing team that could have gone in the playoffs under Miller or anything like that. But they weren't you know, getting blown out by 50 to the Nuggets, you know, at home and then blown out by 50 to the, to the Bucks, you know, on the road. And I know those are really good teams. 100 to 62. Yeah. I know those are, I know those are really, really good teams, but you shouldn't be getting blown out by 50 to any team. No, it's the NBA. Any, t- yeah, the- any team can win on any given night. The fact that he looked at tape of Julius Randle in New Orleans and said, I want to have this guy run pick and roll and ISO and run the offense through this guy, it just says all he needs to know about David Fisdale. It's yeah. like he doesn't have a clue. Come on. He shouldn't be the head coach of a team. He yeah. thought Julius Randle should be LeBron James. It's crazy. Yeah, I don't know. <clears throat> but I, I guess this we've done enough Fisdale bashing for one uh, one episode. I think why don't we uh, – because I know we both have some thoughts about the current uh, the current bubble, the bubble plan in, uh, yeah. in Orlando. Because as I'm sure a lot of our listeners know, just reading reports and stuff like that, California – or California, Florida is skyrocketing in cases, and the NBA is going to be stuck in this – very tiny little bubble in Walt Disney world. So I'm, I'm going to be honest. I'm getting a little nervous that something's going to happen and kind of screw up the season. Uh, But on the other hand, I'm thinking that maybe if, if it's really getting bad in Florida, maybe that's enough to convince, you know, players to actually take it seriously, not sneak out or anything like that. I know they have the snitch line. Um, so yeah, it's, it's it feels like a one big mess, and I guess it's hard to blame the NBA because there's there's just problems all around the country, and it, I don't just in general we haven't handled it well. But I don't know. I'm getting nervous about the about the restart. Yeah, anything can happen, right? Like, I wouldn't be surprised if they moved the season back again, but. Yeah, there's a lot of guys. I guess what's the deadline? The 24th or 25th that they have to inform teams if they're gonna go down to Florida or not. Yeah, I think I think, it's I think that's like that. it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I guess 
Look, it's crazy because there's so many things that can go catastrophically wrong with this. Like, what happens yeah. if a guy – what happens if a, a key player on a team tests positive for COVID? What do you do? The, the, the potential – what if yeah? I mean, what if what if the Bucks lose Giannis in the first round? Yeah, you know, and not yeah. even not even that. You know, God forbid he was actually you know sick and you know symptomatic and you know in bad shape health wise. But even if he's asymptomatic and he has to quarantine, you know, imagine imagine they lose Giannis for ten days. You know, going up against you know, I don't know whoever in the second round. You know, um, like the Sixers or something like that. I think is then you're you're reaching into asterisk territory if lebron james tests positive for covid it's an asterisk of course mm-hmm. it is <laughs> yeah of course it is he's going to make sure of it <laughs> i actually i uh i heard justin termini talking about this on the radio today when i was driving and uh <clears throat> he was saying uh Basically, if LeBron James wins it, you know, it's like people will always use it against him, like, and against his legacy. Like, people will, you know, always say, well, it, isn't, it wasn't a real thing, you know, like that, like that. But then also, I wasn't even thinking about this. The Lakers are one championship behind the Celtics all time. So if the Lakers win, then you have Celtics fans oh, who are wow. like, oh, it doesn't matter. Like, it's, it's one less. So obviously the LeBron Jordan and that legacy talk will probably be the one you hear the most. But the Lakers-Celtics things, that's well, an interesting count their Minneapolis Lakers. Oh, titles, yeah. So. <laughs> well, yeah, I don't know. The, I guess that counts because it's the franchise. But, but yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm curious to – because – that, yeah, that, like what happens if if Kawhi Leonard and LeBron James both go out, they can't play, or whatever, and then you know the Bucks walk to a championship and they they cruise in the finals because you know they play the they play the Clippers without Kawhi or you know Lakers without LeBron, even like Anthony Davis, like I don't and I don't know, role players too, like what if uh you know what if and I don't he's better than a role player, but. Like Brooke Lopez, Brooke Lopez goes out. Like it, it, I feel like there's so many. He's potential. a key player. Yeah, and but he, you you know what I mean. I'm saying like a non superstar, but like a starter and like a big key player. Like yeah, that, that would be everything. a crushing loss for them. That huge and, loss. And you know you always have to factor in injuries, but this is much. I think this is different than injuries because it's like yeah. It's not like a guy, you know, twists his ankle and can't walk on mm-hmm. it. It's like he's just asymptomatic. He's healthy. He's just hanging out in his hotel room, you know, just basically watching everything else go on. Um, I don't know. It's it's going to be a wild, wild, wild finish. I'm excited, and hopefully it happens. But uh, I really honestly have no idea what to expect. Well, the Kyrie element of it is interesting, but I don't know. It's I, I understand why players are wouldn't want to go just because of the health element of all of it, obviously. Like, and the all the restrictions. It, it doesn't sound like it's beneficial, or not beneficial. It doesn't sound like it's good for the players. Like. It, well, what it sounds like is the players 
put all of their faith in like Chris Paul and all of the representatives and just said, yeah, sure. Go get us to Florida. Right. And didn't really know the details and just trusted their guys. And then when they found out the details, they were like, whoa, whoa, that's what we have to do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Wait a minute. And understandably, like there is some of these guys, if they go to the finals, they would have to be in this bubble for three months without contact with society and their, their families and stuff. I think I was listening to Zach Lowe's podcast. So he was uh, players were under the assumption that they would be like renting houses with their families on the Disney grounds. <laughs> they didn't know it was going to be like this. So yeah, guys are concerned and that makes sense. And then you add the uh, societal implications. Guys don't want to play to take attention away from mm. the protesting that's going on with black lives matter. I think uh, Avery Bradley and Dwight Howard are Lakers that have even spoken up for that championship team uh, run. That's, speaking up for it says a lot about those guys so mm-hmm. i don't know it's the whole thing is interesting man it's going to be really interesting to see how many guys just don't go down there it really is and yeah it's what's going to be uh chris haynes i think said on a podcast he said what's going to be interesting is how many guys because we know a lot of guys play hurt all year long how many guys are going to decide to uh take that surgery they've been putting off for for many years or whatever be like oh this is a good time to get that surgery and you know how could you blame them it's like that? uh the last dance with scotty pippen he, he yeah, yeah. Until, he's like he's like i don't want to fuck up my summer <laughs> like yeah yeah like, i mean guys don't have a normal summer right now but yeah people could be saying like well, screw that like i'm just i'm i'm taking care of this and figuring this out um but yo, why would this brad is, beal want to fuck up his money or davis yeah. bertans is a davis bertans yeah he's is, due for a big uh, going one. into his free agent year why would he want to fuck up his money? Do you know what they should do, though? Once the playoffs start, and I'm kind of backtracking here, once the playoffs start, when you eliminate a team, you should be able to get, like, their family member spots. So if you, if you make it out of the first round, you, like, yeah. everyone on, you know, the Celtics, Celtics beat whoever, they get the Sixers, like, you know, allotted five family spots or, what you know, whatever it may be. So you can you can get your family down there as the season or as the postseason goes on. I don't know. Maybe maybe that maybe that's too uh, too like uh, I don't know too crazy of an yeah, idea. Can, but they can eliminate the DJ option and replace it with that. Cause yeah, right. <laughs> I don't they see don't, anybody don't, using that bullshit. <laughs> DJ, it's called an it's called an iPhone now. Yeah, exactly. What the fuck were they thinking with that? Or the yeah. eliminate that and like the the Marvel movie thing that the the shameless Disney Marvel movie mm-hmm. plug that they had in there. I don't think anybody really gives a shit about that. <laughs> money, 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 though. Yep. This is Disney, ESPN, ABC, NBA. It's all these <sighs> these they're all intertwined. And that's the that's the other thing we were saying. We were just talking uh, first. Uh, sh- uh, we were shout out to the Posting and Toasting podcast because they were talking about it on their show, I think it was Schwinn was talking about it, how it's bullshit that the NBA is talking about player health when Florida has the most cases mm-hmm. in like the country. If they really cared about player health, he said they do it in someplace in like North Dakota or <laughs> South Dakota. Like it's ridiculous. We know they're doing it 
because Disney is partners with the NBA and they have the ESPN stuff and the media is all going to want to go there. And it's, come on, man, it's fucking bullshit. But, oh, God. Yeah. That, that, I, I, that, really did, that really does make me angry that they're doing it there. Like, of all the places to go, you just see the – because all the tweets are coming out, the COVID cases are mounting up every single day. And now the mayor of Orange County is – forcing people well not forcing people requiring people to wear masks in public like you can't go outside so uh, it it just seems like well not it is a terrible place to do it of all the places and i don't know god i I guess i I know we never talk about non-basketball stuff on this Mm -hmm. podcast yeah rarely i feel like we're well, I think, Dangerous, I think dangerously veering off. <laughs> the counter argument to that would just be that the NBA they created this a hundred, you know, a hundred page document that's supposed to be health and safety protocols in the bubble. I think if you if you manage to keep everyone, all the players in the bubble, I guess you you reduce the risks that you you know you run. Um, you know, and I'm not a scientist or anything like that, but it would seem like the NBA has kind of plan this out and maybe they didn't see it turning this bad in florida but i have a feeling like they probably had some kind of you know thing about a a second wave or whatever you want to call it um in the back of their heads where i mean if they feel confident like they can pull it off yes let's 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 see let's see what we can do let's see what let's see if it happens yeah i mean it's going to happen yeah, we know they're too going much money to play. at stake for it not to. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, they're gonna play. So, hey, I, I mean, they're gonna play. If the players don't want to play, they shouldn't be required to play. And I hope no one who feels like they don't. That's what I. I hope no one who doesn't want to play feels like they should have to play because they're letting their teammates down. So they go down there. But I'm sure that's gonna happen. Uh, I don't know, man. I. I feel like if you don't play for the Bucks, Lakers, or Clippers, why the fuck would you go down there? <laughs> like, what mm-hmm. reason would you have to be like, ah, whatever? Just play a, just play a three-team. Just, just yeah. send the Bucks down there because we all know they're going to go win, and send the Lakers and Clippers down there to play a best of seven. Fuck it. The fact that they're doing the regular season, oh, man. Ah, whatever. I, as a basketball fan, I, 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 I want to see it. Mm-hmm. But, like, as a human being, it's like... Yeah, a human being uh, who has watched, especially, you know, <laughs> especially us up here in New York, New Jersey, where yeah, we, uh, we, we were pretty much the epicenter of maybe the entire yeah, world different, for coronavirus yeah. cases. Yeah, I feel like, you know, New Yorkers, we we are watching this unfold down there and going, like, what are you doing? Like, like we knew yeah. this was coming. Like, we, we knew this was a, a possibility. But... I don't know. I guess they don't pay us the big bucks to make those those decisions. And the owners pay Adam Silver or <laughs> employ Adam yeah. Silver. So you know he's doing what they do. Yeah. And he doesn't want a lockout. Yeah, nobody wants nobody wants the the potential implications that would happen with with uh, you know, canceling the season, especially seeing all the nonsense going on with MLB and trying to get a season there. Uh, the NBA I mean, that that would never happen with the NBA. I don't think so either, but you never know. I mean, when when there's a lot of money involved, a lot of greedy people, 
things that can turn sour. That guy's such a fucking moron, Manfred. He's yeah, he's, a he's, a joke. he's a joke. Makes you appreciate, actually. You know, Adam Silver, Silver he's not yeah. perfect, but it makes you appreciate him because he's maybe the best owner, I think, of the, uh, you know, the four major professional sports here in, in the U.S. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, I, I love the Yankees, and I, I follow playoff baseball mostly closely, but I don't know. It's, I'm glad I'm not a huge. I, I know there's people who are like diehard baseball. I'm glad I'm not a diehard baseball fan because <laughs> if I imagine if this was happening to the NBA, like if if Mark, Rob Manfred was the NBA commissioner, Jesus fuck, man. NBA Twitter would be on is. fire. Oh my god. I saw the baseball that baseball player tweeted like Adam Silver, you up signed MLB players. <laughs> that was yeah, really funny. I forget who sent that, but that's yeah. I think it was a guy from like the Astros, the Cubs, or some shit. Mm-hmm. But uh, it's a they are a disaster. Like I, players are like retweeting reports that are mm-hmm. and disputing like the agreements and stuff, and like saying uh, no, we didn't agree to that pay or no, that's a lie. And Jesus, they are just, it's all over no, the place. The communication's terrible. It's terrible. They, they had a face-to-face meeting, Manfred and the, uh, Tony Clark, the head of the MLBPA. they had a face-to-face meeting and they left the meeting and MLB said, yeah, we agreed. We have an agreement. You know, we're moving forward. And the players said there was no agreement like that. We were just negotiating. We were just talking. It's like, <laughs> It's it's a comedy of errors. It's a, it's a complete shit show over there. Oh my god, that guy, that guy Manfred, he's so focused on getting people to watch baseball that are never going to be interested mm-hmm. in baseball. Like, just be focused on the fans who love baseball and, and are going to watch it and no now matter he's, what. He's turning all of them off. Yeah, with this, like, I yeah. mean, I'm a I'm a huge, huge, huge baseball fan. Like, I watch the Mets or Yankees. I mean, mostly Yankees because I'm a Yankee fan, mm-hmm. but. What I watch either of them pretty much every night, and now like I mean, it, my jo- my job a big part of it is baseball, so I'm gonna watch anyway. But I'm not like excited for the 2020 baseball season like at all. Like there's no I'm, one is. This is killing baseball. Yeah, I I went He's into this. Baseball, I went this into guy. this year like like Garrett Cole Yankees. You're gonna win the World Series. I went in this year with like such high hopes. Then coronavirus kind of knocked it down. So I was like, oh, it sucks. But at least, you know, hopefully we'll get it. But hopefully we'll get some baseball. And now it's like labor disputes. You know, now you have players testing positive, And it's like the whole thing is just a complete shit show. Yeah. Disaster. Yeah. I don't know. Disaster. And I guess the NBA is a bit of a shit show in its own right. But it could be a lot worse. It could be. That's what every. I think that's what – that's what everybody's saying. Hockey fans are saying that. Football fans are saying mm-hmm. that. We, at least we're not baseball fans. At least we're not Major League yeah. Baseball. <laughs> yeah. Jesus um, Christ. But any uh, any final thoughts? We're kind of we're kind of going off on our uh, our our usual tangents, which yeah, which are, which are yeah. always good though. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We I I like that. I do like yeah, that. We all we always we always find something and and, and go after <laughs> after it. Yeah, I was just looking at. This guy for uh, uh, Clutch Points wrote this another uh, Victor. I don't think we've ever talked about Victor Oladipo, at least not too extensively. Uh, he wrote like three best trade offers for Victor Oladipo to the Knicks. Wanted, do you want to talk a little bit about Oladipo? Yeah. No, we can do yeah. a little Oladipo. You want me to run these? Yeah, through? yeah. Run them by me. I'll, I'll, I'll pull, I think I can pull it up. 
All right. It's uh, the guy's name is Matthew Schmidt from uh, Clutch Points. Yeah, yeah, I got it. Okay. So Mitchell Robinson, Frank Nilakina, Bobby Portis, and the Clippers and Mavs 2020 for Oladipo. What do you think of that one? I mean, that's (laughs) two first rounders, Mitch, Frank. That's, I mean, that's a lot, but I don't like. I, I never know these these hypotheticals because I feel like I sometimes I think it's a lot, but a superstar, and not that Oladipo is like LeBron James or anything, but an all-star caliber player like him, mm-hmm. it's going to take a lot to, to pry him away. I feel like that wouldn't – or I feel like that would do it, but I'm not sure if I want to give up Mitch for Oladipo just – because of the injury history, but I feel like that would do it because they're trying to get rid of Turner. Yeah, I think. Uh, but Mitch, I, Mitch at the same be. time, I don't know if they'd want Mitch because they want a floor spacer next to Sabonis. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good point. But I, yeah. uh, but I think they'd like Nilakina. Yeah, I th- and I'm, I'm actually I'm looking at the other two. It's essentially the same trades, just. One is Mitchell Robinson, one is Kevin Knox, and one is Yeah, the other one. Garrett. Yeah. I mean, a Nil- I feel like a, a trade RJ, for Super- RJ yeah. Nilakina. The RJ one is – no, you don't trade RJ. No, yeah, that, that's the, not going to happen. The one, that's the, most, the one that's the most feasible is Knox, Nilakina, and Portis, and – uh, the Clippers and Mass picks. That's the most feasible one, I think. I don't think but, that gets it done, though. Yeah, I mean, from the Knicks side, I think that's the most feasible one. Yeah. But I'm not I, – I agree with you. I don't think that gets it done. Yeah, I like – just – you're gonna, it's going to take – it's going to take – it's going to take a, a promising young player, not a raw, you know, project type. I mean, I, I, I understand Nilakina going and all those because – I mean, if you're giving up Oladipo, you're going to want, like, a, you know, a, a guard who can kind of fill in, like, as, you know, that, that first guard off the bench type thing. You know, Nilakin is a good sound defender. I think he can be a good, good player on a good team. Um, and obviously Portis is there for salary matching and whatnot. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. Uh, it's just, to, to me, it's, it feels like Barrett, they're not going to – the Knicks wouldn't trade him – and Knox wouldn't be enough, and Mitch maybe is enough, but you mentioned, you know, kind of the floor spacer stuff with Sabonis, so yeah. not quite sure. Yeah, I'm not sure if they do it because they want a floor spacer next to Sabonis, but I don't know. I, I, it goes back to the argument we've had. We've talked about this before. Is Mitch – like untouchable like because rj Mm -hmm. i feel like is definitely untouchable he's got potential where you can't look depending on some outstanding circumstance which i don't think any any type of player who you would trade rj for i don't think would become available so Mm -hmm. but is mitch on that level of rj do you feel that way i think he is because i think he can become one of the best centers in the nba but I don't think Indiana would want to pair him with Sabonis anyway. Uh, I don't know. Mitch is, guess, Mitch is a I tough guess. one. 
Yeah, he, he's got such high potential. But at the same time, if he doesn't turn into that Rudy Gobert, you know, defensive player of the year, all-star type foe yeah. or type center, there are a decent amount of guys who you can not replace because Mitch, I think Mitch is going to be one of the better centers in the league. But their center is a position where you can get value out of guys who, you know, maybe you don't have to pay a ton of money or things like that. But if he's not a, a dominant defensive player like Rudy Gobert, then he's going to end up either traded or on the bench. Like you got to, if, if you're a, a rim runner, if you're not a shooter and you're a seven footer, you got to just be, <laughs> it sounds mm-hmm. crazy, but you got to be one of the most dominant rim protectors in the NBA if you want to be a starter. And even then, that doesn't really save you from being traded. I mean, Clint Capella is not one of the best defense players in the NBA, but he was a mm-hmm. great, a great player, like great defender. So, and he still got traded. Now the Rockets are, the Rockets do what they do. Most teams wouldn't yeah. trade a Clint Capella, but still, I mean, it it takes a lot to not be able to shoot and stay on an NBA court. Mm-hmm. You got to be really fucking good. So I don't know. Uh, but I mean, Hey, we've seen what Mitch is doing on social media. He's working on that shot. Uh, I don't know if it's going to be this year that he starts shooting, but, or next year, whatever, but it's every year, every year that's uh, before the season starts. It's you see Mitchell Robinson has been working on his three point shot and it's like, I, I get it. Cause he brings it up. He talks about it all the time and he's very, he's very, very confident in his shot. But it's it's to me it's like every year we're we're gonna be hearing that same Mitchell Robinson shot theory. I like that he's confident in the shot. Yeah. Oh, I mean he's he's very he's a very confident guy in general. So. Yeah. Good. I like that he's working on it. Ben yeah, Simmons no, doesn't I, even I'm fucking not, work on it. Yeah. Ben I'm Simmons not, I'm is not throwing alley oops to himself. I'm like not trying asshole. to uh, to to tear Mitch down at all because. I think those social media videos are so irrelevant, but people read into them so much, you know, either good or yeah. bad. Like, like there was the one where Mitch, like his handle looked a little off and people were like, yeah. enough, like just work on free throws. And it's like, all right, people oh, relax. Like, off. like he's, you really think he's not working on free throws if yeah, he's working because, on threes? Come on. But of course he you is. Know, that, that 30 second video of him dribbling proved that he's not working on his free throws. Yeah, exactly. If he's working on threes, of course he's working on free throws. Why wouldn't he be working on free throws? I mean, and there's also guys can work on free throws. There's seven footers. Some guys can just work on free throws all day long. Sometimes they just can't shoot them. Honestly, then, uh, just throw underhand. I'm a big proponent of the, the Rick Barry underhand. Remember Shaq? Shaq said, mm-hmm. I think in his Hall of Fame speech, that Rick Barry told him to do it, and he's like, no way. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, he just I'm, wouldn't do it. I'm telling you, I, when I, I worked at a, uh, a rec center when I was in like, high school and then like early college years, and I would work on Sundays when there was no one in there. So I would just stand in the gym and shoot around and get paid to do it. And I remember I just started doing the underhand Rick Barry shots. And after a while, you just – it gets so easy. You just get a rhythm. And I'm sure it's a lot more difficult to do that in front of, you know, 25,000 fans. But yeah. these these big guys, it's just such a soft touch. Who was the dude from Louisville who did that? You would know. You know college basketball better than I do. 
some guy I, from Louisville who was one of the worst free throw shooters, and then oh, he started doing it. Yeah. Shoot, I can't remember. Um, shoot, that's a good point. As I kn- I remember, um, Rick Barry's son played at Florida for a year. Yeah. He was a grad transfer, and he did it, and he shot like above ninety percent from the mm-hmm. line. Uh, he's he's a guy. He he shows up in like summer leagues every few years. Canyon Barry, but yeah, I'm trying to think. Was it wasn't Gor- Gorgie Jang, was it? No. Shinei Nu Onwaku. <laughs> oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Now I remember. Yeah, let's see. Maybe Mitch. Maybe Mitch will try it out. He hit. Yeah, hits a Rick Barry style free throw. He hit eighty nine point three percent of his free throws throughout his fourteen year ABA. An NBA career would approve. Rick Barry did. He would approve of Onwaku's effort after the big man converted only 46.7% of his foul shots for the Cardinals as a freshman. Let me look up what he. Let me look up what he hit. Uh, after that, Shinenu Onwaku. Does he? Didn't uh, Onwaku play at Syracuse? Sounds right. Yeah. Now we're just rambling and looking up stats yeah now we're just now we're just riffing on rick barry under yeah. grandma style <laughs> can you tell we haven't done a podcast in a while yeah, right. <laughs> we just want to talk about basketball yeah any anything relevant to basketball it doesn't matter yep we just want to talk about it should nanu on waku 47 percent as a freshman and 60% as a sophomore, so improved a lot improved. when he started. Yeah. <laughs> improved. It's forward progress. Go. There you go. Shoot him underhand. Yeah. No, like, but if Shaq had shot him underhand, it would have been the biggest story in yeah, sports that, if Shaquille O'Neal had started shooting. <laughs> yeah, it's easy for me to say in an empty uh, rec gym compared to, you know, in the middle of Staples Center. But – um yeah, yeah, I guess I guess that's probably where we should cut it off at the uh, yeah. the, Rick, the Rick Barry references. <laughs> we um, got on, I can't believe we got on Rick Barry and underhand throws. I love it. I love it. That's 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 the uh, the Chip and Danny special. <laughs> All right. Um. Yeah. No. I guess uh, if you made it this long in the if you made it this long listening, thank you. Um. Leave us a five star review on uh, on iTunes. <laughs> Leave us a good review of the pod. Subscribe, share it. Uh, let your friends know that we are the preeminent underhanded foul shooting podcast in the world. <laughs> number one uh, foul, underhanded foul shooting based podcast in the world. So uh, thanks again for listening, guys. Uh, and <laughs> tune in next week for another Nick State of Mind podcast. <laughs>